Hello, welcome to Degrassi and Chill, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode review of Degrassi, The Next Generation. We're gonna bring the Degrassi this time, and we are gonna put you back on chill duty. I think you're the best at it, frankly. Yeah, we, you know, we tried it those couple of times, and it just wasn't... Yours was better. Yours was better. It just doesn't hit the same. I'm Elle. And I'm Juno. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 9 mirror in the bathroom content warnings for this episode are going to include eating disorders and fat shaming and bullying related to weight so i'm going to start off with the a plot in this one um coincidentally the a plot and the b plot in this one are actually kind of linked not so much in events but in theme yeah we don't often see that yeah it's very interesting it's a good move for them Um, so we're going to start off with the A-plot, which is a Toby-focused plot. Um, so Toby is on, like, the computer robotics team at school, and during the morning announcements, Liberty is reading off, like, student achievements. Um, says that Toby's team is placed third in a regional competition, and no one in the class gives a shit. Um, and then Liberty reads off that Sean was named the all Degrassi MVP for sports or something. I want that award. It sounds <laughs> it's so like prestigious. weirdly non-specific, but he's on the wrestling team, so he wins MVP, and everyone in the class goes nuts and is, like, congratulating him and cheering, and Toby is like, damn, fuck me then, I guess. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, you placed third in a regional competition. That's not a huge accomplishment to begin with, <laughs> even if it was sports. <laughs> but whatever. So we go to credits. After credits, we hit back with Toby and JT. And Toby's like complaining that he's uncool and no one likes him and that he is going to become cool by joining the wrestling team. He really took that from zero to 60. Like he couldn't pick anything. Right. Like any like mid middle step. It must have been because Sean's on the wrestling team and he is once again trying to be exactly like Sean. Maybe we remember Jagged Little Pill, where he was kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that kind of the serious plot of this episode, the A plot, is with Toby and JT. Because last time they had the dinky little B plot that didn't matter. Yeah, they... So, I guess it's their turn. They have... I, we haven't, you know, counted it up, but I feel like they have been more heavily involved in the... The silliness. More, yeah, the more yeah. silly comedic plots than the heavy ones. Yeah. Um, so Toby's gonna try out for wrestling, and that's when Ashley walks over. She's further and further into her goth phase every time we see her. Her hair's gotten even shorter, and it's, like, spiky now. Yeah, it's no longer that kind of... It's starting to curl. It's, yeah. like, spiked out. It's, like, a proper uh, yeah. gelled pixie cut. Yeah. It looks a lot better. Like, more what she's going for. Um, and she just kind of laughs it off and is like, Toby, you're never going to get on the wrestling team, whatever. Um, but he goes to the wrestling meeting, um, and the tryouts, and they have him weigh in. Um, and he weighs into Sean's weight class instead of the shrimpy little string bean we see weigh in before him. And he has to wrestle Sean, keeping in mind that Sean has just been named the all-sport MVP. All-sports <laughs> Every single one of them. (laughs) Um, As expected, he gets fucking destroyed. And he is like, 
fuck, I need to get into this lower weight class so I can get on the wrestling team and defeat this shrimpy little kid and become cool. So JT basically becomes Toby's like weight loss sponsor or coach or however you want to put it. Personal trainer, perhaps. Except hype man. Yeah, hype man. Like he's just there to like yeah. count his reps and cheer him on. Yeah, but he's also 13 and has no qualifications. So you Perfect. can imagine how well that goes. Um, we see Toby basically checking off all of the eating disorder boxes, mm-hmm. um, going into mega weight loss mode because he has to lose like five pounds in like two days. Yeah. Some ridiculous amount. Um, and the big kicker is that he grabs laxative chocolates and takes some like the day before weigh in or the day of, it's not really clear. Um, and of course you hear his tummy gurgling the entire time. And I I'm like that noise that they superimpose. I swear he was about to like shart on the wrestling mat. <laughs> he didn't, luckily. Um, he does end up weighing into the lower class, which makes Coach Armstrong suspicious. He says any player that's caught making weight will get cut. Um, If you don't know, making weight is the process of, like, someone on a wrestling team trying unhealthy ways to get into a lower weight class, which is exactly what Toby is doing. Such as dehydration and laxatives. Hmm, interesting. He literally is like, I wonder if that's for me, looking at a sign of himself. The Garfield meme, you know. Yeah. Um, he does end up weighing into the lower weight class, though. He beats the shrimp kid, and he makes the team. And then at home, Ashley starts to notice that he's not eating. Um, she offers him, like, his favorite muffin or something for breakfast, and he's like, I'm not hungry. Very cranky. He's clearly getting into the hangry, I hate everybody mode. Um... And he gets to school, he gets his free, like, wrestler's jacket, and he's acting all douchebag jock vibes. Um, goes over to Kendra and is like, okay, you can be in awe of me now. I'm like, I am deeply uncomfortable at this point. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he literally beat this shrimpo kid and is just on the team. He hasn't won any trophies or titles. He is just on the team, and it has gone straight to his head. He hasn't even competed yet. He's literally just gotten named to the team. So, love that for him, I guess. Um, He's also really mean to JT, and he's, like, accusing JT of just being jealous that Toby's on a sport team, and JT is just a mascot. Honestly, just such a snot. Like, we're not happy with Toby's behavior in this house. Um... And JT just kind of stalks off and is like, fine, be that way. I don't need you around. Um, Good for him. So at lunchtime, he's in the lunch line, clearly very dizzy. The camera work they use to show this is horrible, which I guess makes it effective. But I was getting motion sick watching it. Yeah, it's this weird, It like, the camera is, like, lightly orbiting the front of his head and... It's at this weird high angle. Mm-hmm. It's almost like fishbowl on yeah, his yeah, face. Yeah, fishbowl, that's it, yeah. that's it. It's not great. Um, Ashley notices this, and she's like, if you don't eat, I'm going to tell our parents, and then you're going to get in trouble. So he orders this, like, disgusting-sounding, like, sloppy joe with fucking Sheila sauce or whatever it is. <laughs> Sheila sauce. Extra Sheila, Sheila sauce. <laughs> Sheila is the lunch lady, for those that don't remember. 
And um, that's her sauce. I don't know if she invented this sauce or what, but like, it's I want to know what it is. Proprietary blend. I want to know what it is. Of um, fluids. He just starts eating this in the middle of the lunch line, like before paying for it and before anyone else behind him can even get their food. Yeah, there's a like nameless, dialogueless uh, student standing behind him who looks so like moderately annoyed at the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, it's vibes. Um, and then after lunch in the bathroom, JT catches him throwing up, like recognizes him from his vomit sounds. He's already in the stall closed when JT walks in. He hears the vomiting and he's like, Toby, is that you? <laughs> These he guys knows. have been friends for a while, I guess. Um, and after that, he talks to Ashley and Ashley tells Toby that, or Ashley tells JT that she thinks Toby is having an eating disorder or like starting to develop one. And JT is like, no, that's girl stuff. But, you know, it's not yeah. as Ashley very eloquently explains as though she's reading out of a textbook. Yeah, um. she is straight up quoting, like, a Edie's 101 <laughs> pamphlet. Um, but so she asks him to talk to Toby and try to, like, get through to him, which he does in the locker room before the wrestling meet. Toby snaps at him and pushes him away, um, as usual. Goes and wrestles, and he fully faints in the middle of the wrestling match, and they have to, like bring him to the nurse's office. Um, he ends up getting cut from the team because coach caught him making weight and gave him a lecture about playing with his life. And JT explains that everyone was just so worried about him. Kendra was asking how he was. Ashley was asking, like Emma and Manny were asking about him. And that should show him that he's loved, even if he's not a popular jock. So at least we end on something somewhat heartwarming with this I one. I guess, yeah. Um, and I guess now that he's off the team, his eating disorder is cured and he's totally back to normal. So that's great for him. <laughs> yeah, it through no fault of Degrassi's own because everything is kind of so far very self-contained. Yeah. It, it's just so funny to watch these shows where someone develops like an eating disorder or uh, in, like an addiction in the course of... Yeah. Like, a single episode, so, like, a weekend. Yep. Um, granted, his eating disorder was very, like, situation-specific. Right. Like, it didn't seem like he was dealing with body dysmorphia, necessarily. He just, like, needed to lose the weight for practical reasons to get onto the wrestling team. Right, And yeah. if he had had a longer time to lose that weight, he might not have done all of those unhealthy things. So, I guess it makes more sense in this situation for it to be resolved after he's off the team. But still, like, I would have appreciated to see some sort of indication last... that this was going to last. Yeah, or... Um, but, uh, you know, it's Degrassi. Yeah, some, some sort of lasting implications mm -hmm. for, on his health. Yeah, but, you know, he's fine. We're done there. Um, the B-plot on this one, like I said, is connected in theme, but not in events. So, this is a Terry plot. We haven't had a Terry plot in a long time. Yes, yeah, season like, one. She's really been the forgotten character. So, she's back in the focal point, kind of, in the B-plot anyway. <laughs> Love her. Um, she is showing Spinner her super fancy new phone with a fold-out keyboard. Oh my god. And, like, a stylus pen. Oh my god. It's incredible for 2002. Um, and she has lots of new stuff. And Paige and Hazel notice this. And they keep badgering her, like, where are you getting this money to buy all this fancy new stuff? 
and they come to the conclusion that she's probably stealing, which is a weird conclusion to come to. Yeah, but... that, is, that is a wild leap. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, but that is shortly resolved because Spinner runs in and shows them this, like, bus stop ad that Terry is in. She has become a model. Love that for her. And this is actually a great thread of continuity because if you recall, season one, Parents' Day, mm-hmm. Ashley and Paige were obsessed with getting to meet Toby's mom, who's an agent, and she ended up being interested in Terry and left her card. So I think maybe we can assume that she called Toby's mom mm-hmm. and yeah. got set up on some auditions. So... She says she didn't tell them that she was modeling because she's a plus-size model, and that's embarrassing for her. Um, which, we love the reaction of her friends when she says this, because they continually assure her that she's gorgeous and she's doing a great job modeling, but they never once pull the, you're not fat, you're beautiful. Yeah, they never negate her when she is focusing on the plus-size aspect. Mm-hmm. They, they never negate her or try to spin it a different way, they, uh, as I told you after we finished the episode, Terry was been, was focused on the plus size. Her friends were focused on the model. Exactly. They were excited that their friend was a model. Which, which is so super cool. fucking cool for her. And clearly she's making bank from it. Yeah. And and the ad, we see a little, like, lingering shot on the on the ad. And, like, mm-hmm. it's a, like she looks cute. She looks like she's hopefully yeah. having fun. She does. But some guy walks by and starts fat-shaming her, and all the other kids yell at him and defend her. Um, But she decides that she's going to quit this ad campaign that she's lined up because it is becoming a lot bigger than she anticipated it would be. It's going, like, national instead of just being local. And she doesn't want her plus-size body to be seen all around the country. And Paige kind of tries to talk her out of this by being like, can you, like, calm down about these body issues? Like, you're adorable, you're having a great time modeling, like, whatever. And then Simpson cuts them off and starts class. So that's kind of where that ends. Um, it's actually Spinner that's the one that really gets to her. Um, I think we're picking up a little bit of the vibes between Spinner and Terry again that were there way back in season one. Yeah, we see them, like, sitting and chatting, just the two of them, a few mm-hmm. times throughout this episode. And... Uh, yeah, we haven't spent a lot of time with them together, so it'd be easy to kind of forget about that, but I appreciated seeing it brought back. Yeah, and he comes up to her and is like, Terry, you are beautiful, and you're amazing, and you look like Linda Evangelista, you're a model. (laughs) (sighs) Um, no, he just is super nice to her and is like, listen, you might not be a skinny little twig, but like, who cares? Like, you're gorgeous, and I think you're really attractive. And that is what talks her into staying and doing the shoot. Um, and then as they're coming back the next day, um, the same guy from before starts harassing her again. And we notice he's working at like this little food truck, like ice cream stand or whatever. Um, and she basically like reams him the fuck out. And we absolutely love that for her. Um, and that's where we end. We end with Terry just making an absolute power move. And standing up for herself. And that's so so good. Like, she deserves that. She is clearly a passive person. Yes. By by nature, but also 
by virtue of the friends she hangs out with. Very much so. Uh, hard to stand up against that force of personality. Yeah, she's very deferential to mm. Paige and Ashley, especially. Yeah, but it, and it's nice to see her uh, especially taking taking the floor on an issue that she's still uncomfortable mm-hmm. with herself. Yeah, it was awesome. So, for once in a while, we do get a positive ending to a plotline. And I'm glad she got it. Because she deserved it. Yes. So, that's about it for plot. What do we have for lyrics? Well, the song, get this, is called uh, Mirror in the Bathroom. And I think mm-hmm. that's where the title comes from. Okay, that's crazy. Uh, it's a song by The Beat or The English Beat. Um, I am not sure if these are like just different ways you can say the band title or if they like Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship themselves. But either way, the song is just straight up about an eating disorder. Uh, since... Topical. Yeah, yeah, and our plot, our plots all revolve around eating disorders, weight issues. Um, this uh, song, it, one of, in the verse, at the very end, it says, Can I take you to a restaurant that's got glass tables? You can watch yourself while we are eating. Jesus! And then my favorite is uh, the little bridge here. Um, The last line is just, drift gently into mental illness. Oh my god! (laughs) And that is just so funny, the way that's phrased. It's just like, yes, I'm just going to get on my little raft. I'm going to hold my soda and drift gently into mental illness. Hey, day, day, day. Do not go gently into that good night. Drift gently into mental illness. Booyah. Cowabunga. Uh, yeah, so that is... the that uh, That is, I think, why this picture... Picture? <laughs> song. Don't know why I said picture. I think that is why this song was chosen for this episode. Back to you, Elle. No, I want to say something. <laughs> I okay. picked up on something yes. that I am not sure if it was intentional or if you picked up on it when we first see Paige in this episode remembering that the last episode was Shout um, she is wearing this like long sleeve high neck uh, just like long sleeve t-shirt and we haven't I feel like we haven't really seen her so just basic it's just this plain gray yeah long sleeve shirt and for me it was just this uh weird disconnect because you're used to seeing her in these colorful very coordinated very uh accessories heavy outfit and she's just dressed very very almost monochrome she goes back throughout the episode to her usual style but I just, I noticed that and I had a little, mm-hmm. huh. That could be. And it's definitely more modest than we've seen her in, too. Usually she's yeah. in, like, tank top, crop tops, mini skirts, and in a long sleeve. That's definitely new for her. I think that could definitely be a carryover from the previous episode. Um, it's interesting we don't see any, like, emotional carryover, but she's not the focus of the episode, so. Yeah. If you'll notice on Degrassi, when a character isn't the focus of the episode, they basically just go into NPC mode. Literally, um. they 
So I think that was her role. They don't time. they don't have the processing power to give multiple people complex emotions. Yeah. At this point, I think their max is like three. Yeah. So Paige is in NPC mode. She's literally just here to like gas up Terry and like interrogate her about yeah. interrogate. <laughs> About where she's getting the money, which again is interesting considering last episode people were harassing her and asking her questions she didn't want to answer. Yeah. So you'd think she would like lay off a little bit, but you know, again, NPC mode. She just needs to move the plot along. Yeah, she's just doing all the default interactions right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this was definitely an interesting one. It's interesting that the first eating disorder we get in Next Gen is a boy and not a girl. Yeah, because we don't really see a lot of uh, male eating disorder representation at all. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, again, don't have any numbers on this, but I feel like a lot of the times when there is a male eating disorder, it's like, it's a queer guy. Mm -hmm. And it's for sort of the socially common reasons of, you know, control over one's body and what goes in it versus the reason a lot of men have eating disorders, which is to have a certain body type because of sports, whether they're trying to get on a team, like in boxing and wrestling, or if they just see muscly big boys and think, I have to look like that. Exactly. Like, it definitely appears differently with men and women, boys and girls, but it definitely occurs in boys a lot more than it's shown on TV. Yeah. So... I appreciated that for sure. It seems like they're definitely very intentionally trying to tell stories that they hadn't told before in old Degrassi. And that's one thing that I think that Degrassi writers are very creative about. Mm -hmm. They repeat a lot of big, big themes. There have been eating disorder episodes before, drugs episodes, pregnancy episodes. Like, they have all of their kind of classic teen tropes. Right. But they always find new ways to spin them, new ways to integrate them. Right. It never really feels that repetitive. And that, I think, mm-hmm. is uh, impressive considering how long they've been. Seriously. They've been, it's not all been the same writers, but still, like, they haven't run out of ideas. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm trying to think back in Degrassi High, I think the only eating disorder plotline I can think of was Kathleen. And her whole thing was that she had an abusive, alcoholic mother, and so that was her coping mechanism. Right, yeah. It wasn't necessarily related to body dysmorphia directly, um, but It was she, the control aspect. Yes. But she went through multiple episodes, I think, with this plot line, um, and had her whole, like, calorie-counting journal that oh, her friend right, Melanie yeah. then found, um... And it was a pretty intense storyline, so they could have easily just kind of copy-pasted that and done that with, you know, any of our other characters, Um, but they didn't. They chose a completely different route with it, which I think was good, especially in 2002. Yeah, To have a male eating disorder storyline, a straight male eating disorder storyline, no less. Yeah, I, um... I feel like it adds a lot of depth to the characters because the, the stories don't go the same way because these are different people. They're going to react in different ways. And it is very much like 
when you are a writer or like anything creative, you go on Tumblr, whatever, you see those little ask memes. Like, I'll answer these as my character, and it's what's your greatest fear? How would you react to this or that? And it's those little things that you may not think about mm -hmm. how they would interact with that situation, but they just add flavor and layers that you can then extrapolate on to really make them feel like people. Right. I really, I, I think it's impressive how they yeah. do that. Honestly, same. And especially with these such young actors, too, and the way they're mm -hmm. able to carry these storylines and portray them really well. Like, they do a good job with the emotional complexities of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Toby, um, I believe his name is uh, Jake Gold... Jake uh, Goldsby, I Goldsby. believe. Goldsby. Mm -hmm. I was thinking Goldfarb. I was like, no, no, it's one of the other Jewish ones. <laughs> um, yeah, Jake Goldsby. He does an incredible job at that slightly bug-eyed listless mm -hmm. look the completely checked out zombie type and like, vibes yeah. and like trying to focus on someone who's talking to you trying to emote or just go about your day yeah. like he does it a very good job and i i feel like i can't tell if i'm just like mandela affecting myself or what <laughs> but i feel like they had some small like uh makeup modifications like his face shape uh and maybe something he was wearing to make him look a little heavier than he was because he lo he looks like he's lost a little bit of weight we have i i feel like we have passed a point where they recorded a chunk of episodes mm -hmm. and then had a break and then filmed not recorded filmed uh a bunch of episodes because the kids hit a big bump of puberty. Yeah. Everyone is so much taller. Yes, and Toby's voice has dropped significantly from Goodness. like the last time we saw him. He still got those rockin' eyelashes. That weird. Oh my God. How does he do that? They're they are, so pretty. Like I don't appreciate who they're attached to, but those <laughs> eyelashes, man. I also, yeah. I also appreciate JT for just walking away. Mm-hmm. He didn't start a fight. He yeah. just kind of removed himself from the situation. He's been so uh, reckless and I would never call him confrontational, but he almost goes a little too far with like the humor of situations, trying to take one more jab, just throw in one line that might uh, unintentionally maybe upset someone. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't do that in this episode. At some point when Toby is pushing him away just because JT's trying to help, JT just shrugs and says, okay, I'll leave. Yeah. And good for him trying to help that. his friend, but setting his boundaries because mm -hmm. he doesn't need to deal with getting yelled at by Toby. Yeah. You love to see it. I think that's about all we got. There's no Paige and Ashley interaction this episode for me to go deep on. So <laughs> there isn't, but Hey, at least we got the little thing about Paige's fashion. Yeah. We love that. Um, before we do our quotes, um, I need to let all of y'all know this is being recorded on January 15th, 2022, and yesterday we were in Target and we got a text from a friend that said, Degrassi is being rebooted. It's coming back. Incredible. We like literally started freaking out inside the Target. It was almost too much to handle because we were standing in the shoe section and I was busy <laughs> looking at some just ridiculous uh, shoes. But, oh my gosh, also, uh, 
we are we are not uh, sponsored by Target, <laughs> uh, but Target, if you are interested, hit me up. Yeah, like we will uh, do your work, please. Um, yeah, so if you haven't heard, I mean, I'm sure by the time this is released, you will have heard at least, but in our time, it was just announced yesterday, it's being rebooted on HBO Max as a one hour long drama. That's going to be interesting because in all the time that Degrassi has been on, on its various stations, uh, even when it was put on Netflix for, uh, Next Class, it was always the half hour mm-hmm. episodes the only exceptions being their two-parters and a few like movies yeah yeah it's gone from Degrassi Junior High Degrassi High those were you know half hour episodes on whatever like public access Canada <laughs> I don't know um Moose Channel yeah Moose Channel that's it <laughs> and then Degrassi Next Gen was half hour episodes as well um released in Canada and then aired on this in the States. Unless on, you're Jagged Little Pill. Unless you're Jagged Little Pill. And certain other episodes that I don't know which ones. Um, and then it was on Nick at Night, briefly, um, for seasons 10 to 14. And during those seasons, almost every episode was a two-parter. Yeah. So they were kind of aired as, like, back-to-back. Um, I remember watching those ones on air when they were on, because they had a one-hour block on Nick at Night. So they would do part one and then part two. So they were technically two discrete episodes, but they were kind of a one-hour-long episode. So I think that's the closest yeah. to this new format that we've gotten so far. Yeah, but this time we're getting true mm-hmm. hour-long episodes, not mm-hmm. uh, liars and fakes. Exactly. And of course, HBO Max doesn't have commercials, so they're not even going to be like 40-minute episodes. They're probably going to be true one-hour-long episodes. I'm gonna Which be, will be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how the writing is going to change because another thing is uh, w- one of the people who has been with Degrassi the whole time, he he's not. Mm-hmm. Snake is the only person that's been in every single season of Degrassi since it first premiered in the 80s. Yeah, and he has been on the um, like producing end of things also. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the... I think since Next Gen. I think, was he I think the he, beginning? Yeah, he's one of the people that was involved in the reboot of Next Gen. Yeah, because like, I couldn't remember if he end. had like a producer card um, until mm-hmm. a little later. But yeah, he is... He handpicked and it like walked through the process and like really mm-hmm. instructed the new people, but... And the new people have been working on the show before, too. They're not just completely new. They have worked on the show for a few seasons, I believe. Um, And, yeah, the original Steven and Linda, they are stepping away, handing the reins over. So it will be interesting. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, it... I know every new iteration of Degrassi has had a new flavor to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that this will be a new flavor but they keep the core, the heart of the show, consistent. Yeah, I I feel nervous because of what a show being on HBO kind of implies. Mm-hmm. A lot of their shows tend to be not entirely what Degrassi is about, mm-hmm. but also they aren't going to be subject to the same amount of censorship exactly. with some of the storylines that they want to tell. So... Yeah, it's a toss-up, really. Um, so we'll keep an eye out for more news. Um, 
Again, of course, we're recording so far ahead. By the time we announce news, it will be long past. But um, hey. you'll at least get to hear our reactions as we discover things. Yeah, and now you guys can know how uh, you know early in advance we record some of these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a hefty backlog going here, which is fine. So, I think that's all we have to say about that. That is indeed. Oh my gosh. Start us off with quote or significant moment. I have exactly one note written down for this episode in my notebook. It is male eating disorder rep with a heart. Because I talked about it earlier, I appreciate it. I think that it can be really hard grappling with an eating disorder when a lot of the help that exists for you, for you is doesn't feel like it's for you and when all of the like media images are not really like you um i just i appreciate this ver- this version of, of a story being told because it's just good representation it's if, if degrassi is going to keep having these storylines i appreciate them keeping multiple angles to them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, my quote is from Terry at the very end of the episode. Um, when I mentioned she kind of goes ham on the guy that's been fat shaming her. Um, this is the little speech that she gives. I made 500 bucks today as a plus size model. Yeah, plus size. What do you make, ice cream boy? Drops the Literally. And, like, the whole time, Paige and Hazel are in the background just going, yeah, girl, get it. <laughs> just like They're so proud of her. It's so good. Like, they're just her little hype squad in the back, and they really let her just take the reins and go ham. I love that for her. It's what we she really deserves. Do. Like, let Terry snap more often. Uh, yeah, that's where we're going to leave this one. Our next episode is season two, episode nine. Ten, nine? Nine. Ten. Ten. We figured this out <laughs> earlier. Uh, the episode is called Take My Breath Away, and it is episode ten. Confirmed. Take my breath away. <laughs> uh, I love that song. I'm so excited. We're going to be uh, performing it live <laughs> for you, whether you want it or not. Get ready for our poncer. Poncer? <laughs> Get ready for our poncert. <laughs> Podcast concert. Poncert. Coming to an arena near you. Bye.